I was so encouraged this morning where um, Gareth read a uh, Facebook post that you posted, Francis, about 2024 being the year for more. And that is what the Lord spoke to me about, that 2024 is a year for more. God has got more for us. We are not living in the fullness of what God has for us. And God wants us to experience more of Him. He wants to increase our influence in our city. He wants to increase our influence as people of God. He wants to increase our impact. The way that we impact the city, the way that we impact people's lives. God wants to increase our impact. He wants to increase our inheritance, our eternal inheritance. He wants to increase that as we see people coming to know Him, people that are far from God coming to Him. And He wants to, very importantly, He wants to increase the infilling of the Spirit. Because these other things, we cannot accomplish without the Holy Spirit. And He wants to increase the Spirit in us. He wants to increase the presence of God in our midst. And God wants us to experience more. And now for some of you, you're going, oh my gosh, I just survived this past year. I don't know if I'm up for that. But I want to encourage you. I was in this, I often look at the church in India. And a while back, I saw a, a post where I saw Christians being shot dead as they were thrown into holes. But in this past week, I don't know if any of you saw the post, but I, there's a church in India that has 350 thousand people in their church. And in the midst of persecution, this church is growing. They're feeding 200,000 families. India, because you can easily look at the American church and go, oh, yeah, yeah, give me some of that. But this is India, where Christians are persecuted, dying for their faith. They are feeding 200,000 families a month. And of those 350,000, do you know that they give every single person a cake on their birthday? They send them a cake. Some good administration there. Guys, God has more for us. God has so much more. And you might look and say, yeah, we can hope for that. But would you add some substance to that hope? Would you add some confidence to that hope? Would you add some assurance? Would you add some reality? Would you please do that for us? Ainsley. But as we look, if you've been Christian for long enough, you would know Hebrews 11 verse 2. You could probably all quote it. But when we look at the new, the, the King James version says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the substance, right? Okay. The NIV says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith is Confidence. The ESV says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the confidence of what we do not see. So King James says the substance, NIV the confidence, ESV says the assurance, NLT says faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So faith is the substance, 
Faith is the confidence, faith is the assurance, and faith is the reality. Now, you might be thinking, but I don't know if I have faith. But I want to tell you, this church was built, it was planted by a couple of faith. Mark and Marie had this, this have a, a faith gift, and they had the faith to plant this church. This church has been sustained by faith. We have gone through times where we, salaries couldn't be paid, and yet houses were given. We have been through times where during COVID, we've seen buildings built because of faith. Faith is where we start to see the impossible. Faith is where we start to see the miraculous. And this church has not only been sustained by faith, but we continue to live by His faith. We walk not by sight. We live by His faith. So we don't look at what we see. We look at what He sees. And when we look at this word faith, I want to break it up for us and teach us how can we hold on to faith? How can we grow in faith? And the first thing I'm going to look at, you know, teaching me is going to the F of faith. And the first one is family, friendship, and faithfulness. This is the family of God. In order to hold on to your faith, we need one another. We need the family of God. God wants the lonely to be placed in families, and we need to trust God that we will be a family for people. God has new friendships for us in 2024. He's got fresh friendships for us, available for us in 2024, new friendships. But God is speaking to us about faithfulness. And what it says in Matthew 25, 21, and this is what the Lord is saying. His master replied, well done. The Lord is saying, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. God is saying, You've been, we've been faithful with City on a Hill Clarkstorp. We've been faithful with City on a Hill Potchefstroom. But God wants to see more God, we had prophetic word about increased sites, sites around the city, sites around northwest. He wants to see more impact. He says, you've been faithful with the impact you've been, but that you've been having, but I want to trust you with more. You've been faithful with my presence. Guys, people come here and they experience the presence of God. And the Lord is saying, you have been faithful now I want to increase. I want to give you more of my presence. I want to give you more of myself. But I want to tell you, the Lord is saying to you, well done. Well done for being faithful. So then the A is accountability, availability, and action. We need to be accountable to one another. When you are struggling in your faith, we need to go and say, listen, please pray for me. I'm struggling in this area of sin. Please help me because we need to be a victorious church that doesn't have live in sin. We want to stand out. So we need to be accountable, okay? We need to be available, making ourselves available to God, available, our resources, our time, our treasures. We need to be available for Him to be used by us, by, by, for us to be used by God. If we want to see our influence increased, we need to be available. You have spheres of influence. 
Maybe you work at a school. Maybe you have a business. Maybe you work in the police. You have a sphere of influence. Make yourself available to be used by God in your sphere. Then action. You know, the scriptures say in James chapter 2 that faith without action is worthless, right? Faith without action is dead. Faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Verse, verse 26 says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. And when you read James chapter 2, it speaks about clothing and feeding our brothers and sisters. So we need, by faith we do that. But then it tells us about Abraham, who, had to, who went and laid down Isaac on the altar. Sometimes faith takes laying things down by faith sacrificing things, giving things to God. That, script, that, that passage also speaks about Rahab, where she protected the spies. Faith sometimes takes risk, right? Sometimes we need a risk to walk in that faith. The I is inclusivity, innovation, and initiative. We as a church are inclusive. You know, it would be so much easier to just Lead a nice small little church with all the same types of people, just love them, and everyone just pays their tithe, and it's quite fun, and you just get to have your little church. But that's not what City on a Hill is called to. We are called to be inclusive. We are called to have the rich, the poor, different races, different, everybody welcome, an inclusive church. And this can only be done by faith. It is a supernatural work of God. God has that for us, inclusivity. He's got innovation for us. God wants to give us supernatural ideas, supernatural ways to, to do what he's calling us to do. But he also wants us to take initiative. And some of you are like, oh, take initiative? But it's by faith. It's by faith. The T is together, tenacious, and teachable. We're getting to the good stuff now. We're going to do this together. We need one another, but God wants us to be tenacious. Now, the word tenacious means to cling to, to hold tightly to something. And 1 Timothy 1 verse 18 says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. What are the prophetic words that have been spoken over your life? What has God said because this is what God is saying to us this morning. What have I said? May they help you to fight well in the Lord's battles. So you take those prophetic words and you say, this is what God has said. This is what he has spoken. And this, I, by this, I'm going to wage a good warfare. I'm not going to be listening to the lies of the enemy. This is what God has said. And then verse 19 says, cling to your faith. Can you imagine a child clinging? Some of you moms, you know, when you have a toddler and they're clinging to you, it's like, uh, go to bed. Uh. It's like it's hard to get them. They're clinging to you. But this scripture says, cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. Your conscience means keeping our conscience clear is where, we, where we're living with a clear conscience towards one another. Because the enemy creeps in when we don't have that, right? Where we start to judge one another and, and start to, God, God, the enemy wants to bring those divisions. But God wants us to be together. He wants us to be tenacious. 
And then he wants us to be teachable. Are you teachable? Now, there are four areas of learning, and I was going to go into the psychology of all the unconscious and subconscious, what, 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 but we're not going there at the end of 2023 for the sake of all of our holiday brains. But there are four levels of learning, right? The first level is, say, for instance, there's this little boy, right? And he sees his older brother riding a bicycle. He's a two-year-old boy. And he doesn't know that he can't ride the bicycle, right? So that is, we don't know what we don't know. That's the first level. And for some of us, sometimes we don't know that we need to grow. We don't, we've got blind spots. We don't know where we're missing it, right? We don't know where the things are where we need to grow, and we live in that space. But then the second level of learning is when this little boy tries to ride the bicycle, and he falls. And that is where what we say, we know what we don't know. He now realizes, actually, I now know that I can't. I didn't know that I couldn't ride a bicycle. Now I know that I can't. And for some of you, you're living in that space. You know what you don't know. You know that you're not like Jesus. You know that you, 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 you're falling short. You know that you are struggling with sin. You know that you can't provide. You know that you're not measuring up. You know that you're not being a good husband. You know that you're not being a good wife. You know that you're not being a good parent. You know what you don't know. And you don't know how to fix it. But God wants us to go to the next area. And that is we start to work at what we don't know. We start to grow. And that is where this little boy starts to learn to ride the bike. And for some of you over this holiday season, you've been trying to ride this bike and you feel like you haven't progressed and you're looking at this bike and you're saying, well, I know I can't ride it. I give up. But the Lord is saying, Come, I want to help you to learn to ride the bike. I want to help you to grow. I want to help you to become more like Jesus. And you know that the fourth level of learning is mastery. And none of us in this lifetime will ever be there. Because you'll never be just like Jesus while you're here on this earth. All of us need to find ourselves in the third one where we're saying, okay, I know that I'm falling short. I know that I'm struggling to read my Bible every day. I know, I know these things. And now you're standing there telling me God has more for me and I need to do more. And God's saying, no, 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 come. You can do it. By faith, I want to empower you. I want to increase the infilling. And it's little bit by little bit that you grow and you become more like him. Do not be tempted to remain in that first level where you just think you're fine and you don't need to grow and you're just carrying on, don't be tempted to remain in the second where you're kind of like, yeah, I need to grow, but I can't. This is who I am. I can't change. I can't stop sinning. I can't stop being angry. I just can't. That's who I am. Don't live there. So actually, when I look at Jesus, I, he wants to empower me and I want to grow next year. But the, the last one, which is the most important actually, is the H. God wants us to honor, to hear, and to heed. Don't worry, I'll explain what heed means. To honor, 
to hear and to heed. The first one is we need to honor one another, but we need to honor God's word. We need to honor the scriptures. We need to honor what God has said. We need to honor him. He wants us to honor. Then he wants us to hear. But guess what? You are already hearing. You're already hearing God. Do you know that? You are hearing him. Because in John 10, 10, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. It doesn't say the sheep can hear my voice if they want to. It doesn't say the sheep shall hear my voice if they spend countless amounts of times in my presence. It doesn't say my sheep hear my voice when they fast and they pray and they tick all the boxes and they live righteous lives. No, you are hearing God's voice. But you want to grow in discerning what is his voice? What is the enemy's voice? What is the voice of those around you? And what is your own voice? That is what God has for you for next year. He wants you to grow in discerning his voice. Grow in saying, actually, this is not what God is saying. When that self-condemnation, that self-justification, that self-pity, that self-righteousness comes, you go, that is not God's voice. That is my own voice, trying to puff myself up, trying to justify. No, 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 that's not God's voice. The voice of the enemy, the voice of accusation. You're useless. You can't do that. Look at you. You're just sinning and sinning. Look at 20, 2023. Look at how much you messed up. Look at all the mistakes you made. That is the voice of the enemy, the voice of accusation. Now, the voice of others can encourage us. God can use others to bring what God is saying. But the voice of others can also bring judgment. Some of you have spent time with family members where the voice of others might have brought judgment to you over the past while. The voice of others can also bring fear. You know, when we in South Africa and you sit, you go and you sit with a bunch of people and they're just like, oh, this country is going to the dogs and da, 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 da. And you walk away there filled with the voice of others and the voice of the enemy. The voice of others. You know, be careful who you spend your time with. Mark always used to say, tell me who your friends are and I'll prophesy your future. The scriptures tell us that bad company corrupts good character. In 2024, choose wisely who you are surrounding yourself by. Not by people that gossip, not by people that run down and are negative. Surround yourself by people of faith, people that, that walk in the things of God, that you can encourage, that they can encourage you. But the voice of God, the voice of God brings life. The voice of God brings peace. The voice of God calms the waters. The voice of the Lord is what we want to hear. In the beginning, uh, I was reading that scripture about the, the living water, and Psalm 33, 4 says, The word of the Lord holds true. 
and we can trust everything he does. The voice of the Lord can be trusted. Some of you are sitting with these prophetic words and you're saying, I don't know when those things are going to happen. I don't know. Maybe 2024 will be my year. But when Paul writes to Timothy, he says, wage a warfare with those words. And it's going to sometimes take some initiative. It's going to say, Lord, I'm stepping out of the boat and I'm walking by faith. I'm walking on the water. This is what you have said and I'm stepping out of that boat. Sometimes it's going to take some innovation where I'm saying, Lord, I, I know this is the picture you've painted, but I don't really know how to do that. Please help me. And the voice of the Lord leads us by green pastures. The voice of the Lord is the beautiful voice that, that gives us courage. But the voice of the Lord is not enough. The voice of the Lord is not enough. Luke 6, verse 46 to 49 says this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? The voice of the Lord is not enough. You can come and you can share. We can come and give words of knowledge and give prophetic words. And we can be like, wow, that person can really hear God. But he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them. Say with me. And does them. So I established the fact that you all hear God's voice. And, and actually, you know why I can tell you, I can, I'm certain that you hear the voice of God? Because the scriptures tell us that no one can come to him unless the Father draws him. So the very fact that you have come to Jesus means that you have heard the voice of God. You hear his voice. You have heard his voice. You can hear his voice. But it says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words. So all of you are in that camp. You all hear his voice. Sometimes you need to discern, but you hear him. You can hear him. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy that comes with his accusation, that says that you cannot hear his voice. You hear God's voice. But make sure that that voice is the voice that brings life, the voice that brings faith, the voice that brings vision, the voice that shows you who he is, the voice that brings peace. But let me get back to the fact that his voice is not enough. It's not enough. I will show you what he is like. So this is the, the words, the, the, the man who hears the words and does them. He's like a man building a house who dug, a deep dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke out against that house and could not shake it. Say with me, could not shake it. Say it, could not shake it. Could not shake it. Look at your circumstances, look at your house. Could not shake it. 
could not shake it. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, is the flood arising in some ways? Yes. The stream broke against that house and could not shake it. Say, could not shake it. Because it had been built well. But remember, that's not the one that hears the voice. That's not the one that's just standing on the rock, hoping for the best, hearing his voice. No, it's the one who hears and heeds. To heed means to obey. We don't, like, you know when you get married, I don't know if any of this was in your wedding vows. It wasn't in ours, I don't think. But it says, when you make a, a we wedding vow, you say, to have and to hold. So what that means is we have one another and we are intimate. We hold one another. When it comes to the word of God and Christianity, it's to hear and to heed. That's what you've got to remember, to hear and to heed. It means to hear what he is saying and do what he is telling you to do. Hear and heed by intimacy with him. What has God told you to do? But... The one who hears, so we establish the fact that we can all hear, but the one who hears and does not do them, if you don't do what God says, and if you don't do what God is telling you to do, this is going to be your result. A man who built a house on the ground without a foundation, when the stream broke against it, Immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. The future church of the world cannot be a church that merely hears. It's fun to hear God's voice. People praise you for hearing God's voice. You are hearing God's voice. But are you heeding? Are you choosing? to do what he has said. But guess what? You cannot do it without faith. You can't do it without faith. And I want to end with how do I get that faith? How do I get the courage? How do I do the initiative? How do I, how do I remain faithful? How do I, how do I remain te teachable? How can I be tenacious to cling to this faith? How do I do it? Firstly, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the voice, being intimate with Jesus, finding yourself in the scriptures. I'm telling you, a time is coming where his church, don't, we don't know the scriptures. Know the word, know the scriptures. The other day, I was, I was really struggling and I took out the scriptures and I started reading. The, out of the rock will flow streams of living water. 
I need that living water. I cannot just stand on the rock. I need a drink from Jesus. Jesus wants to give us his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. When my aunt had cancer, people came to her and said, your faith will heal you. And she looked at them and said, well, then I'm going to die. And they said, what do you mean? So she said, I don't have the faith to heal cancer. Maybe your faith can heal my cancer. And she went to the Lord and she read the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And she saw that Jesus looked at this woman and said to her, your faith has made you well. And she read that scripture and she said, Jesus, I'm going to die. I don't have faith. I don't have faith to heal my cancer. And the Lord said to her, read the scripture again. And she read it again. And she said, and she read, your faith has made you well. And she said to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to die. I don't have faith to heal my cancer. And the Lord said to her, what did she have faith to do? And this woman said, if I can only touch his garment, if I can only touch Jesus. And she says that she held on to that robe and through chemo, through all the things. God didn't heal her miraculously. She had to go through chemo. She lost all her hair. She nearly died, but she held on by faith to the robe. Faith is a person, and his name is Jesus. And he is the one that initiates our faith, and he is the one that perfects our faith. You can't conjure it up. You can't just say, yes, I'm going to have faith today, and I'll speak. No. Gee, it's a supernatural thing. And we need to say, Jesus, I hear what you're saying. My heart is really to do what you want me to do. But I'm struggling with my faith to do it. Please, would you initiate faith? Please, would you perfect my faith? And when he does that, he is the one that gives you courage to take that step. And he's the one that helps you to do it. So it's actually so liberating. It's so liberating that the Lord is saying, I want you to hear, I want you to heed, but I want to give you the faith to do it. So we're going to listen to a song now. And in this time, I, I want you to think about your 2024. And I want you to think about the fact that God wants to, God has more for you. God wants to increase your impact. God wants to increase your influence. God wants to increase your inheritance. God wants to increase the infilling of his spirit. He wants to give you more of himself. And as, as we sing this together, I want you to say, Lord, I want to build my house on the rock that cannot be shaken. I want my house to not be shaken. I don't want to just hear what you're saying. I want to do what you're telling me to do. And God wants, God's going to help you. 
And we've got brothers and sisters around us that can encourage us and help us and keep us accountable and, have, and have, be a family where we can do this together. Let's sing this together and trust God for what he has for us in 2024.